Welcome to the Freeform Rock Podcast. This is your host, frickin' Mark Taylor. Grab a beard, stay a while, and we do anything. We go from all genres, man. We go from brand to brand and Metallica. So party on, dude. Welcome to the Freeform Rock Podcast. Today we have a guest. Guest, introduce yourself. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? My name is Bill Wang, and I'm from San Francisco, and I'm here with Mark Taylor, the Freeform Rock Podcast, and it's going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah, and we're gonna. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're here, man. You're you're a podcast star. It's like a coup to get you on this show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Man. All right, man. Well, shit. You were on uh, what is it? Uh, folk, uh, the metal one. What's that? Metal something. Uh, um, I'm on. I've been on talking metal. Yeah, talking uh, metal. Three sides of a coin. Festival geek. Mars attacks in my home. The Rocky Metal Combat Podcast, a place to be diddly dee bam! Yeah. <laughs> That's my home right there. My brother's Ralph the area, Dr. Fuck, Ian Wadley, Godzilla. I've been on that about 15 times. I love those fuckers. Now I'm on your show. I'm really glad to be here, bro. I'm glad to branch out and do something not hard rock and metal. Yeah, this is, this is going to be different because we're going to review an album by uh, The Cure. They're not hard rock or metal, but they have some hard tendencies here and there. But, uh,. Yeah, I love The Cure. Uh, I'll just say how I got into them. I heard the song Let's Go to Bed on MTV, the video. And then um, and then I saw the video for like uh, In Between Days, and I went out and bought the album we're going to review, The Head on the Door, which is really excellent album. Tell us how you got into The Cure. Oh, man, how I got into The Cure. Um, and I didn't write this in the notes. I wanted to add live uh, I got into The Cure. I was driving my Scirocco must have been uh, spring of 1989. I was listening to uh, Live 105, uh, when it was Live 105 Modern Rock San Francisco, and um, this song came on the radio, and it was fucking just chilling. I'd never heard anything like that. You, you were making reference to the cure being, uh, sometimes they have tendencies that are outside of the pop and darkness. Sometimes they have problems. Anyways, the song that, that, that hooked me was Fascination Street off of the brilliant 1989 Disintegration album. And uh, I just remember saying, what the fuck is this? It sounded like nothing I'd heard ever before. And um, you know, and then, of course, then I went backtracking and I checked out all the albums that came out prior to that. Uh, that was my initial... Um, yeah, that was how I got into them. I saw the disintegration tours September 10, 1989, um, which is like a, a Kiss fan would be like seeing Kiss on the Love Gun tour. You know what I'm saying? It was like them at their peak. And then, of course, the album that we're going to review, Head on the Door, came out in 85, August 26, 85. And that was probably, no, not probably, that was my second tour album. And, uh, and I, there, I believe, I talk, obviously, all the Yeah, that's, uh, that's how my initial cure addiction started. Yeah, this was, this was the band that got me into this type of music, like Depeche Mode and stuff like that, because I started listening down here in, uh, in LA, LA area. We have K-Rock 106.7. The modern rock station down here, and they're like, I guess they're like pretty popular around the country too. 
So, oh, absolutely, yeah, that's uh, one of the mainstays. Yeah, yeah, well, they had Jed the Fish and uh, the Poor Man, and uh, that sucker went to like a freaking pop station, 105 point something down here, Power 106, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that's fucked up, man. Just like KNAC went from, uh, you know, same era I got into Cure. I was down there listening to KNAC. It has nothing to do with Cure. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's second our, our radio stations turned into shit. Yeah, we, we, I had two of them. I had KNAC, and I, I had to go to certain areas to listen to them. I didn't have a very good antenna in my area. I'm surrounded by in San Gabriel Valley, like a lot of hills. <laughs> so I couldn't really hear KNAC that good, and there was no internet back then. And uh, and also, uh, what is it, KMET left with Jim Ladd, man, and they went frickin' uh, the wave. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Fucking New Age music, man. It went from a kick-ass metal hard rock station to frickin' New Age. It's like, oh, God. That was, like, fucking terrible. All right, well, let's get into this album, Bill, and I just want to hear your, let's see... Let me. Uh, the first song we're gonna talk about is "In Between Days." What do you think about this song, Bill? Uh, you know what? The most striking thing about this album is how big and accessible the album sounds in comparison to you know, the previous albums, in particular the Dark Trilogy of Seventeen Seconds of Fate pornography. So when you put on this song, in particular "In Between Days," and then when you when if someone like when this came out in '85, like someone. Obviously not me, because I got into 89. I imagine if you got into, if you were into the cure since day one, and then all of a sudden you heard this after the top 84, you'd be a wow. I mean, the thing about the in between days is such a, it's a wonderful song. Uplifting, uh, it's a feel-good song, wonderful, and it's a perfect mix of instrumentation, just the keyboards, the acoustic, majestic song, and it's, it's, a, it's a great song. It's a great pop song, but if there's more to it than just a throwaway, thick, lighter pop song, I love it between days. Great song. Yeah, there's a lot of, you took the words right out of my mouth, there's a lot of layers of the instrumentation on here with the acoustic guitar and the bass, yeah. and I don't know what he played on this, but it says that he, Robert Smith played a six-string bass <laughs> on this album somewhere. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> What is he, Getty Lee? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, speaking of bass, and the thing about this album is uh, Simon Gallup came back on board. He, um, which was with Robert since they were kids, for some weird reason he left for about a year and a half, so it was his return. But yeah, uh, and, and uh, the interesting thing about this record is um, he, he basically, uh, all the songs are composed by Robert Smith. I mean, generally speaking, The Cure is like that. And he's obviously The Cure. But he always got influenced in that aspect of arrangements and writing credits and whatever. But this album, it was totally him. And to a lot of Cure fans, this, in particular 1985, this was considered a Robert Smith uh, solo album. But now, looking, reflecting on it, you know, it was. A lot of people considered it like yeah, I, I had no idea, no idea that he... I thought he always wrote all the songs from when I got into them because I bought this album and then Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me and then all the credits were always him, so... <laughs> when yeah, I got into right. them. But, no, but he always got input with the particular assignment. Yeah. This one, he had everything written and everything before they got into the studio. He said, okay, here they are. 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had, every, he had all the demos and everything all done, and he brought it to everybody. And the lineup of that, that comes from us. Roll over, he was Carl Thompson, he was Simon Gallagher's horse, playing the drums, and it was produced by David and Al. And it was Emily, it went to number 59. Yeah, it's pretty good for a, a modern rock band back then. It wasn't that popular. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, they obviously reached heights with Wish, with the number two. But, yeah, back then, that was their, that was them going worldwide and being noticed. Yeah. up to that juncture, they were basically a cult band and whatnot. This, this is what got them on MTV, like you said, even though Love Cats, yeah, and I think after this album, they put out the the compilation "Staring at the Sea" or uh, "Standing on the Beach." I think "Staring at the Sea" was the CD version, and "Standing on the Beach" was the cassette because they had more yeah, songs. Yeah, and I think that really broke them as that compilation album of all the older songs because I remember going right. to Tower Records and that shit was selling out. <laughs> Oh, that was a fantastic, yeah, and exactly, to back on your point, um, when this album came out, then the next year, the next year, putting out Staring at the Sea, it introduced a lot of the fans to that older work. That was a brilliant idea by them. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I really loved that. I had that on tape, so I had the longer version. The CD had the shorter version. It's like... What the hell, why do I want to buy the frickin' CD when there's more songs on the tape? <laughs> uh, are you referring to uh, Staring at the Sea? Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Because that's a, that's a double album. Yeah. And uh, they, they omitted a song also. So I know. Exactly. So I had those all on tape. Technology. Yep. And uh, and then we get to Crito song, song number two. Wait, let me, in between these, I didn't say what I liked about it. Yeah, I like like I do like this song a lot. It's one of my favorites off the album, and I did explain there's a lot of layers to it. And then we go to song number two, Crito song. What do you think about this song, Bill? You mean Coyote? Coyote. Okay, I'm not good with my. You're not Asian. I'm Asian. Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, Coyote. <Kyoto's laughs> Just like. Uh, uh, I mean, that, that Oriental hook, it's a fantastic song. Yeah. The line that stands out in the song tastes like nothing on earth. It's just the lyrical genius of Robert Smith. I mean, when he says a line like that, it tastes like nothing on earth. He could have been referring to his band, The Cure. They sound like nothing on earth. So maybe there was a double on Andre there. But uh, the lyrics... Just that, 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 when you hear the, you hear the, the hook there, it's like, it's just, wow. I mean, for me, I, when I got into this, I just, I remember, wow, I'm that person. Yeah, I love, I, yeah, I love the, the keyboard going, do, 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 do. It's like, it just, it's just like it, this album goes all over the place and I love it. I just love the diversity. Yeah, it's a great album, and this song, I like it a lot. There's not one song on this album I don't like. It's a great song, I like it, like he said, the Japanese influence on it, it's really cool. And then we get to song number three, which is one of my all-time favorites on this album, The Blood. What do you think about this one? Uh, 
Oh man, man, the flamingo style guitars, another example of fast styles and sound of a great song. And then Robert Smith would reference the blood, Christ's tears as the blood. In an interview, he referenced the Different world textures on it. You know, the last song, the Yoda song, you had the Oriental. Here you have the Flamingo Spanish guitar. I think the song is fantastic. Oh yeah, man. I, I like this is one of my favorite. I like the like the lyric. He says, "I'm paralyzed by the blood of Christ." I don't know what he means by that, but as a Christian, it, it's kind of makes me feel like uh, he likes Jesus. I don't know, because you're paralyzed about what Christ did for us, but I don't know what he means. He could be meaning totally different than what I'm thinking. It's like music's always up for interpretation when they put it out. Yeah. They didn't explain it to you. You just make your own interpretation of it. It's like you're talking about the um, the other song, "Tastes Like Nothing on Earth." That that was a metal song. You would know it was pussy. You know, on this one, you yeah, don't know what he's talking about, metal right? Metal in huh? metal in particular. Yeah, or or Van Halen, you know. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, this, this is a great song. I love the flamingo guitar, and it it just this album just takes you in so many different directions. I love it so much. And then we get to song track number four, Six Different Ways. What do you think about this, Bill? Oh, man, it's just a trick song, all sorts of uh, different ways. Uh, you know, it's been a cuss on your podcast. Yeah. All sorts of shit going on with the piano. Uh, and then the line that stands out to me is like, six sides of every lie I say. Wow, what the fuck does he mean by that? <laughs> it's a great line, man. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, Robert Smith is awesome, man. He's one of the best lyricists. I think The Cure is so underrated. It's like, oh yeah, they put all they put all these crap bands into the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. I don't see why The Cure never gets inducted. Oh my goodness, they just sold out three nights in Madison Square Garden a couple months ago. Exactly, they're still relevant. Still, still making music. Yeah, and the interesting thing about The Cure is because I'm a total metalhead. 95% of my music. But a lot of metal guys and girls love. I know it's weird. <laughs> That's because they have they they write dark music and they write uplifting music at the same time. They go from light and shade to like really dark. <laughs> so. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's go to bed, and then the next uh, song will be prayers for rain. It's like man, the suicidal shit. That, I think that's the beautiful thing about the tour. Just, there's there's that, that, that eclectic mix of emotions. Yeah. Ah, uh, happy, the dirge, depression, which is life. Yeah. Hey, do, do you remember when Robert Smith cut his hair? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Yeah, people were pissed. <laughs> like, oh yeah, kind of like Metallica Low. You know, it's like, what the fuck are you pissing off about fucking hair? Like, I never got that. Like, Shut the fuck up. I know he grew it back though, and some um, some of the Metallica guys grew their hair back. Well, Lars can't have any yeah. hair anymore, but. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I got out my hair. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. Matter of fact, uh, those videos of uh, you know we're not talking about this album. The album came out after it was 
kiss me, kiss me. Uh, let's go to, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, why can't I be you? I mean, he's got that short hair. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. I just remember people on the radio, people at, at school going, You cut his hair! What the hell? And I go, How's the music sound? Good? Then why are you bitching? <laughs> he's synonymous for, for that look. Okay. Yeah. That crazy look that all the goth is. All pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the guy from Flock of Seagulls is bald now. I don't hear anybody bitching about that. <laughs> because nobody gives a fuck about them. I know. <laughs> And then we and then we head on uh, six different ways. I like this song. It's another diverse song on this album. Kicks. I like it, man. It's just a great album to listen to. It just opens your mind to different types of sounds and music. And I like that. I like it when bands bands try to experiment and do things. But this band is always experimental. And the only thing I didn't like is when Metallica did Saint Anger, but I diverse on that one. Um, then we get to number five, Push. What do you think about this song? Uh, uh, amazing, 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 amazing song. Uh, so unsure up to that point in the existence of the uh, Yeah, and the music sounds really happy. It's like yeah, very happy. Very happy. Yeah, like, like you said, it's an amazing, uplifting song. I love it. I, I, nobody talks about Robert Smith's voice. His voice is like, you hear that voice, you go, hey, that's a cure. You can't do that. Like, you hear Van Halen with Roth, you go, that's Van Halen. He said, uh, I like people with diverse vo voices, like uh, Geddy Lee from Rush. You hear his voice, you know exactly who the band is. Sometimes right. you can't do that with some groups because they're trying to sound like everybody else and their mother. But I like it. I like it when people have their distinct voice, like ACDC, you know Bon Scott and you know Brian Johnson. And there's a lot of people out there who could sound like them, but it's not them and you could tell, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we get to track number six, The Baby Screams, which is one of my favorites off this album. What do you think about it, Bill? Um, you know, the creepy thing about this song is, uh, after reflecting on it, it could have came on off the beat of the the structure of the song, and that's a fake vibe. For some reason, it's nice Yeah, I could see that what you're saying on it. has that Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of our trilogy. It's 1981. Yeah, it has that bass structure from like the Faith album. Like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I love the song. It's great. Little drum clapping machine in the back. And it's such a cool title, Baby Scream. Yeah. I like it when he goes, Aah! he does that little Robert Smith yeah, yeah, screech. Right, right. Yeah. I like the guitar goes, da na 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 na, da na 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 na. Yeah. It's like their song structures are so insane. I love it, man. And this song is like, I think this is my second favorite song off the album. Uh, I just love this song, man. I, I just love everything about it. The baby screams, the way he sings. Ah, I love it. He's trying to scream like a baby, you know. <laughs> it yeah, sounds like Robert right. Smith, though. Man. Yeah. And then we get to track number seven, Close to Me, which is my favorite song off this album. What do you think about it, Bill? Um, you know, I, 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 I
song. It's obviously the pop song. Metallica. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah, that was, uh, 
I wonder if they would have been funky. I don't think I would have liked it either. And then we get to the last song of the album, song number 10, Sinking. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it's a great song to end the album, and I, I do like the lyrics too, man. This is like a grunge before grunge, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of the grunge people like The Cure. <laughs> you know, like the oh, oldest yeah, Yeah, I love this song. It's a great way. It's a mellow way to end the album. They had a big, fast acoustic ver uh, in between days, and then end with this. It's like awesome. I love it. So, uh, so Bill, uh, like uh, at the end of the show, I, I picked three songs that we want to play at the end of this. What three songs would you play? Oh, wow. Um, I would say... Sinking would be one of them. In Between Days would be another one. Kyoto. Cool. I agree with that. It's totally diverse on each song, so... Okay, and do you have any uh, like uh, anything to plug? Um, yeah, uh, I basically have a Facebook page, and metal and hard rock. Uh, or you can just Facebook friend me on Facebook, Bill Wang. You put me in, I'm the first guy that's got up with Bill Wang, and there's a lot of Bill Wang. And also, there's a Facebook page, Ace Really Burned My Woman. And do you have an album you'd recommend for people? getting into that album a lot lately I was I did a podcast with a 14 year old girl but it didn't record and we're gonna have to redo it and she's a huge kiss fan she's part of your page too Marissa Evans and she's a she's a huge 80s nut swinger and, and kiss fan also this records bro oh this is recording I, I that's the first time that uh I tried to record and it was a crappy recorder it worked one day and then crapped out the next day and this one's been working fine except for the dual I'm like a mono and the other guests are in uh, stereo but I think it's because I had two mics running at the same time and the thing was getting confused <laughs> I heard, I, heard um, I was talking to Ian and he was telling me that you were on a Van Hagar episode and he said it was one of the best ever 
Unfortunately, it didn't record as some sort of technical difficulties. Yeah, he said that we're. They said we're going to record it. They just want to give it a few few months. So we recorded. Yeah, they were all over me on that episode. It was funny. Well, you blame them. You know my opinion on that. And if I say it, Ross got to go. There he goes again. Like you know. Yeah. Well, I've been. I want to promote one on one Mitch Lafon. I know you hate that guy for some reason. Because you don't have to get into it if you don't want to. And then Eddie Trunk podcast. I like that one. And I like Decibel Geek, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And the Decibel Geek are the ones who wanted me to made me want to do a podcast because I love those shows so much. So much diversity in both of them because one likes cock rock and the other one doesn't. Well, half the other one doesn't. So I like it. And then the album I want to promote is Michael Sweet's new solo album, One Sided War. This album kicks ass, man. I haven't put it down since I got it. And it's just a great album. Michael Sweet knows how to produce. He knows how to write. This guy is just, he's got OCD. He can't stop making music lately. He's like, what, he has six albums in two years? It's a great album record. And I just want to thank you, Bill, for being on the show. I appreciate you. And one day we'll have you on another, maybe we'll do a Smiths episode next. Right on. And let me just say something. You said I hated Mr. Yeah. I don't hate him. I know I've never said this on the podcast. Here's my issue with Mr. Um I hooked him up with his gig with Talking Metal family. He's on Mark Strieber's family with Talking Metal, okay? And the night before, I hooked him up with that gig. And he doesn't acknowledge it. The night before, the night Mark Strieber was going to call Mitch to discuss him joining Talking Metal, have his own one-on-one, he called and asked me about it. And I told him all sorts of positive things because I like and I just never got the due respect that I deserved. That's why I don't hate him, but uh, I've heard from Blue Great Punch that he never brings that up. Ask Mark Strieber why he's on because I got those guys together and Mark Strieber called me the night before he ever talked to me. I don't hate him, but I just feel a little bit just. Okay, that's cool. Glad you got that out, though. I just yeah. I try to post stuff up by him and you delete it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Uh, so I try not to. If he, if he puts something up, I try to find something without his name on it now. <laughs> right on. Thanks. I'm sorry. It's okay. I know you don't like the censor, but sometimes you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially if I'm drinking, I get butt Yeah. I get butt hurt. All right, man. Thank, thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, Bill, and I'll uh, probably have this up later today. I'm really quick right at this on, editing brother. shit. All right, man. All have, right, a, have a good day and uh, have a beer. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll have a couple. All right. Take it easy, man.
Skin. It tells me how it 